Hey, I'm Tori. I'm Justin. And I'm Ryan. Have you always wanted to explore the world of sports but haven't found an accessible barrier of entry? Or maybe you're just a sports expert who wants to laugh about who won, who lost, and who makes way too much money. Or maybe you just want to understand Ted Lasso better. Regardless of your relationship with sports, Good Game is there to break it down for you. It's a podcast about sports for rookies, veterans, and everyone in between. Whatever is happening in sports, Justin, Tori, and I will be there to talk through it all. With jokes, hot takes, and sometimes literal tears. So check out Good Game, a Trident Network podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. just kind of <laughs> feel it out in the moment let okay. it ride let it rip <laughs> try to get you laughing up top try to get the people going try to rev everybody's engines you okay. know okay did it work yep <laughs> <laughs> what's up everybody this is the tournament podcast she's Nina Emilio. i'm trent dozier and we're here for a another week of fun i'd say oh my gosh i'm really excited like i'm more excited to act when now that we're here than i was you when know we started when we journey. decided to do yeah. this yeah um this week's tournament is which paul thomas anderson movie Ooh! is the best paul thomas anderson movie and before we get into it um a little bit of housekeeping per usual at the top of the old eps this is a tournament podcast as i said we are a part of the trident network if you would like to learn more about the Trident Network, and we would love for you to do so, please visit thetridentnetwork.com for more information on all those things, um, or look up the Trident Network across any social media platform, uh, what have you. Um, Trident Network, of course, is a three-pronged um, entertainment system. No, that's not. Three-pronged, uh, what am I trying to say? Digital Entertainment Network? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's podcasts, which are us. Plus live shows on Twitch and uh, recorded stuff on YouTube and Twitch. and mm-hmm. It's great. The Trident Network is great. Go there. Check it out. Uh, to support the podcast and the network in general, you can go to patreon.com slash the Trident Network and become a patron um, for, I believe, as little as $3 a month. Yep. That's helpful to the podcast. Or you can also and or buy some merch. Go to thetrendnetwork.com, click on the Support Us tab, and that'll take you to the merch page. You can get some general Trident merch, or, of course, you can get some Attorney Pod-specific merch. All you attorneys at Pod, hope to see some uh, shirts given as gifts this year for Christmas, maybe. Yeah. Mm, something to think about. Okay. Um, I think that about does it. Yeah. On the business end, Nia, are you ready? Yes, um, I want to say that uh, when when we, when we came up with the idea for the tournament podcast as a whole, mm-hmm. doing like an artist's work yeah. was a very important thing to us. Thing to us, and yeah. we have a big list of things yeah. that are kind of like this. That, and I think this is the first one we have done. That's a good question. You 
keep talking and I'll tell you if that's if I think that's true. I guess we've done Beach Boys albums, which I guess <clears throat> is like the closest to yes. an artist's work. I would I, I, I guess I would, that is an artist's work, but <laughs> I would agree that this is uh similar. But there's a big the our movie related list is our longest list. This is a little behind the scenes for you guys. We have five different categories of lists mm-hmm. and our movie list is the longest. Um of just like ideas and we have a lot of like like another one that we will definitely do in the future is like leonardo dicaprio roles mm-hmm. um paul thomas anderson movies is on here you know this could go for anybody scorsese we're gonna do wes anderson in the future yeah i would say uh that two things jump out at me outside of the best beach boy album mm-hmm. as similar to this which would be the best Bo Burnham special. Oh, sure. And um, the best Weird Al song. Oh, yeah, maybe. But that's not, like, that doesn't cover his entire work. More of best album would be the yeah, thing. Yeah, I think so. Anyways, Nia's right. This is something we are passionate about and excited about. Mm-hmm. And we do have a long list of uh, specific creators. and Yeah, and their stuff that we want to delve into yes maybe next year yeah because we're kind of built out for the rest of this year except for right now with pta yes and the reason that we're doing this right now is because paul's new movie is coming out on the 26th licorice pizza yes his new movie licorice pizza starring a Haim sister <laughs> Haim. Haim. you're saying Haim. I feel like I've never heard it pronounced as Haim. I've heard it pronounced as Haim. You've heard other people say Haim? The band Haim. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say like the band Corey Haim. Haim. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. And it also stars Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, Cooper Hoffman. Yeah. Among I mean, others, but. I mean, what the heck? What a pair. Yeah. Should be fun. He, PTA, has directed a bunch of music videos and most recently has done quite a few for Haim. Yes. Hey. There Just so you all know, we just looked this up and confirmed that it is Haim. <laughs> we confirmed that her last name is pronounced Haim, but maybe the band is pronounced Haim. Okay, let's move on. Let's okay. keep going. Yeah, so that's what we're we're doing this tournament in honor of that. Um also PTA to this point has got the perfect number of movies. He's got 8. Licorice, Licorice Pizza is 9. Movie, so it's perfect timing for us to uh, to lock in, get yeah. this in. Yep. And we're here to do it. So there's there's nobody who didn't make the cut. All of his eight existing All movies eight are made in it. the bracket, y'all. Um, so are you ready to get down to it? I'm so excited. Trent and I had seen some of like we had seen. We'll go. We'll go over them. Okay. We'll, but we just watched all eight of them. Yeah, we did just watch all eight in order of um, release. release. Yes. So we're prepared. We're fresh and ready to we're go. We're very fresh. Uh, okay. His, uh, his eight movies will be ranked as follows. The eighth seed, Inherent Vice. The seventh seed, The Master. The sixth seed, Punch Drunk Love. The five seed, Phantom Thread. The four seed, Hard Eight. The three seed, Magnolia. The two seed, There Will Be Blood. And the number one seed, 
Boogie Nights. Now, you might be asking yourself, how did we come to these conclusions? I know I was. <laughs> Thank you, audience <laughs> member Nia. <clears throat> um, as always, we actually haven't done a movie tournament in a while. I know. Months. Ages. Um, but if you'll recall, previous attorneys at Pod... Um, and then first time attorneys at Pod for your information. Mm-hmm. What we do is we took the uh, each movie's Rotten Tomatoes critic score, and then averaged that out with their Rotten Tomato audience score. And from there, we took the average ranking of the two scores, and that uh, seeded them. So we'll go over those once we get into it. But the matchups. Are as follows. Left side of the bracket will be the one seated Boogie Nights versus the eight seated Inherent Vice, and the four seated Heart Eight versus the five seated Phantom Thread. The right side of the bracket will be the two seated There Will Be Blood versus the seven seated The Master, and the three seated Magnolia versus the six seated Punch Drunk Love. Okay, before we get into it, Nia, we just watched all the PTA movies, but as you said, yeah, you had seen some, if not most. I don't think a majority, no. But I had seen more than you had. Yes, I had only seen Inherent Vice. Tough. <laughs> yeah, it was tough. But I've, of course, I've heard of Boogie Nights and There Will Be Blood. And then um, I've heard of Phantom Thread and mm-hmm. The Master. Mm-hmm. And I've heard of Punch Drunk Love. So really, Magnolia was the only one where I was like, what's going on? Oh, and Heart 8. Um, but yeah. So I had seen... Uh, the master because I kind of went through a Joaquin Phoenix phase a few years ago. Woof. Way before the Joker, um, but I that's why I had seen that movie, and then uh, I saw Phantom Thread because as Quinn said when he was on the show, mm-hmm. I love the Oscars, and that was like the year the Phantom Thread was nominated was really the first year that I took the Oscars seriously, mm. um, and I believe it was the last one of the batch that i saw in theaters Mm. i saw it at landmark Mm. in chicago um and then boogie nights is one of my favorite movies of all time the first time i saw it i was in high school and um i owned it inappropriate (laughs) movie for a high schooler i can't believe i owned it on dvd which means that somebody bought it for me like i asked for it and someone bought boogie nights for me without obviously doing a background check knowing what it was but yeah i i loved it i used to watch it all the time uh and then i was so excited to show it to trent so um it's great it's one for a reason it is great um i think for the most part you can tell me if you disagree we'll try and keep this uh spoiler free in regards to the movies or do you want to spoil it up i kind of want to spoil it up okay we will take this now as a, just kind of a blanket potential spoiler warning. Um, if we're about to talk about something, also we can get more specific big time spoiler warnings. But So no, uh, no other things to cover, I think. We're ready to get into it. <sighs> Let's fight. Let's fight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say Nia's rankings are certainly different than what mine ended up being. Yes. Well, not super direct. There's, I feel like... Where like half are exactly the same and, and the other half, half are, are like flipped yeah. completely. <laughs> okay, here we go. Left side of the bracket, as always, we'll Let's start go. in the upper half. We have the one seated Boogie Knights versus the eight seated Inherent Vice. Boogie Knights, PTA's second movie, was based on a 
short film that he did called The, the Story, Story of, of Dirk, Dirk Diggler. Diggler. Yeah, something like that. Um, Dirk Diggler, of course, was the main character in Boogie Nights, played by Mark Wahlberg. Uh, Boogie Nights came Based out. Based on porn star John Holmes. Whoa, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Don't know who. Isn't John Holmes. I didn't know he was. Isn't there also a famous, like, old timey boxer, John Holmes? I mean, possibly. I don't know. You look it up. <laughs> um, Boogie Nights came out in 1997. Its Rotten Tomatoes critic score is 93%, uh, making it the highest critic score of all the PTA movies. And its audience score was 89%, tying it for the highest audience score, giving it an average of 91 and, of course, the top seed. And uh, just so you guys know, uh, Larry Holmes was a boxer. But weirdly enough, his dad's name was John. So maybe that's what you're thinking. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Inherent Vice is the eight seed. It came out in 2014. It was his. Uh, it was PTA's seventh movie. Mm-hmm. It has a 73 critic score, which is the lowest critic score, and a 52 audience score, which is also the lowest oh, audience score. Uh, giving Paul, it a, what happened? <laughs> giving it an average of 62.5. <laughs> Um, I think you and I both agree Boogie Nights is not only better, but it will probably advance here. So we'll talk about it more when we move into the next round. That sounds good. Let's talk about Inherent Vice. This is potentially, for me, one of the most disappointing movies of all time. Because (laughs) it has... Everything you like is in it. Yes, everything, everything I like is in it. The 70s, uh-huh. great, great actors doing wild characters. Josh Brolin, incredible as Bigfoot. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson, great. <laughs> we love Owen Wilson. This is a pro-Owen household. Um, and honestly, Joaquin Phoenix is the lead of the movie. And he's good. He's he's much better. I He's much more palatable in this well, than in Joker or... Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's Joaquin's fault yeah, necessarily. Or the but, master. Yeah. yeah. Um and and it's it's it's, it's a, a mystery which is Trent's he's favorite a, genre. He's a private detective and it just it missed it's the only movie I saw and I saw it in theaters and I remember it so specifically because like the the 70s vibe very me the color palette is neon for like all the promotional stuff yeah and I love neon and that type of like brightness uh-huh. um and. And, you know, I thought based on the trailer it was going to be great because right. of mystery and all these things. And it just, I mean, the this is not, this isn't how it ends. But for me, the ending is just like, it's like nothing. And then you're like, wow, I just sat here for two and a half hours and nothing happened. You said earlier when we were talking about it, there were no stakes in the movie. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing is there's no stakes and i just don't know what's going on it's a, it's meandering it's rambling and and, yeah. and nothing of consequence really happens yeah it's the meandering is true yeah it's like uh you know his ex-girlfriend shasta goes missing mm-hmm. but then it's not even at the like and she goes missing with her new boyfriend and we find both of them way before the movie ends yeah so it's like and we don't even find Shasta. She shows up. She yeah. comes back. Yeah. So it's like, I don't really understand that. The other complaint that I'll say when we were watching it, <laughs> when we were watching it last night, I said, this movie has a Tenet problem. Famously, the movie Tenet by Christopher Nolan, who's also on the list of people that we want to do. Yeah. Um, 
Tenet famously had a sound mixing problem mm-hmm. where people, a bunch of people who saw Tenet couldn't yeah. understand. Yeah, if you never saw Tenet, <laughs> you literally could not understand what they were saying, not because of any accents or anything, but because everybody is in a mask and it's muffled and you... everything is muffled the whole time. Yeah. Like 75% of the movie is muffled dialogue. So you literally can't hear right. what they're saying to each other to understand who's who or what's going on. So the whole time Joaquin is trying to find this girl Shasta, and when she finally shows back up, I was taking this to be the most important scene in the movie because she showed back up. Was basically explaining where she was. They were sitting on some leather couch. Yeah. And she was like rocking his leg back and forth with her foot. Yeah. And all you could hear was the couch, guys. All you could hear was the couch. And I was like, I don't even know what she... This is probably the most important... Okay. <laughs> probably the most important conversation of the film, and yeah. I cannot hear what she's saying. Yeah, it was it was questionable. I remember... So it came out in 2014, uh, which was before I moved to Chicago. And, you know, I moved to Chicago, became a whole new man. Okay. And so <laughs> I, I was kind of thinking... I couldn't really remember anything about it other than, like, I was really disappointed in it. And I thought, you know... My tastes and wants from a film have evolved and changed in the last, you know, seven or eight years or whatever. Back then, I was a boy when I saw Inherent Vice. Now I'm a man. Maybe I'll enjoy it more. And and quite frankly, w- once we got into it, I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I am going to enjoy this more. And by the time we got to the end, I was like, yeah, it's disappointed again. Yeah. Josh so, Brolin really is the best part of that movie. He's, he's great. He's not in it enough. I mean, no one's really in it enough. Enough. It's really a, it's really a bunch of. It's Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix, Phoenix going. What? Well, it's re- in every scene. It's really him alternating one-on-one scenes with a, a rotating cast, basically. Also, why is Reese Witherspoon in this? I'm sorry, I love her. Mm-hmm. Get her out of that movie. I don't know. I didn't, would, it didn't sit with me. Who would you have put in there instead of her? Jennifer Jason Leigh. Oh wow. Sure, I love Jennifer Jason Lee. Have you? You've never seen? Um, no, I haven't. The Tarantino oh, movie. Oh, Quentin, another one. Okay, let's keep going. So anyway, Inherent <laughs> Vice, it's gone. We're predicting Boogie Nights to advance. Yes. Um, any Inherent Vice fans, please come at me. I mean, I I love. It looks great. I love the characters. It's just the story didn't oh, matter. Here's my actual my final complaint about this. Yeah. Is that Shasta and the girl narrating look exactly the same and I didn't know which was which mm-hmm. the whole time. Mm-hmm. Major flaw. Mm-hmm. Okay, keep going. <laughs> uh the matchup in the lower left-hand side of the bracket will be the four-seeded Heart 8 and the five-seeded Phantom Thread. Heart 8 was uh PTA's first movie came out in 1996 based off of a short film that he did called Sydney, I believe, or maybe Sydney yeah. was the original title of the of Heart Eight or something. Yeah, yeah. but of Sydney, course that's the main character. Yeah, the main Eight. character played by Philip Baker Hall. Um, Heart Eight has a Rotten Tomato critic score of eighty one and an audience score of eighty three for an average of eighty two. Pretty good. Phantom Thread, PTA's eighth and most recent movie, came out in the previously discussed year of 2017 yes a big oscar movie for nia uh <laughs> it has a critic score of 91 tying it for the second highest pta critic score on rotten tomatoes but it has an audience score of only 71 which is the third lowest and i get it 
and we'll discuss. So that gives it an average score of 81, coming in just one point behind Hard Eight. Very interesting that one and eight are against each other here, and they're both right in the middle. Mm. Um, of course, we're getting a new movie, so Phantom Thread will not be his latest movie for right. much longer. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Which one do you want to talk about first? Because I think that you and I would personally pick two different ones to go through. Well, I think uh, I think based on, like, Oscar hardware and nominations and just general um, knowledge of the movie, especially because mm-hmm. it's more recent and Heart 8 was the first one, I do think Phantom Thread will advance. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Heart 8, and then we can talk about Phantom Thread in terms of the Phantom Thread Boogie Nights matchup when we talk about both movies. Okay. Heart Eight might be my favorite of the movies. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it is good. Uh huh. And it like I watched it, and maybe this was my fault. Like I, it's a great debut. Yes. And when I watched it, I was like, "What a great first movie uh-huh. for a director." Uh-huh. It's kind of how I feel, honestly, about Wes Anderson. Um, mm. uh, Bottle Rocket is so different than all of the other Wes Anderson movies, mm-hmm. and I really love love it. And I love that it's his first. It's a great debut. This one very similar. It's like. 90 minutes it's like three characters and you can kind of tell and i think because i had seen boogie nights before and knew that it was next hard eight you can tell he doesn't have a lot of financing he keeps it very simple yeah um i think what this comes down to for me is that I don't think that Philip Baker Hall is a very good actor i'm just now i'm just now realizing oh i'm just now realizing Oh, I don't, I don't co-sign that. <laughs> that ain't, that's not me. That's you. It is, it is a wild movie mm-hmm. with like a shock, my jaw dropped twist. Yeah, so twist. It's, it's Philip Baker Hall, Gwyneth Paltrow, John C. Riley, Samuel Jackson. Those are the. That's it. That's the main. Those, those are the only people he could afford. Well, Philip Seymour Hoffman's in one scene as a gambling man. Yeah, but I'm not sure that he was, uh. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Hoffman yet. I yeah. think PTA made PSH. <laughs> um, but it is a, it's very much a type of movie I enjoy where Philip Baker Hall is playing a Sydney. His character, Sydney, is like, knows, basically knows everything. You he know? does. He's and, not and a, that's the twist, yeah, is that he knows a, everything. He's not a know-it-all. He is, you know, like, he's like street smart. Right. You know? Street he's, smart. He stays cool and calm under mm-hmm. pressure He's got the answers to every everybody's problems, you know, um, and he takes no BS. And uh, I really like those characters, and I really like this type of movie. And um, yeah, I really like it. I thought it was great, and I just, you know, I feel like not enough. I had never heard of it. Um, yeah. And I don't know, you know, it was his first movie. Boogie Nights was his second movie, and it's extremely popular, and people know it. And you it's know? and it's very different. It's, it's, I don't know. I, I, I guess my one complaint about Hard Eight uh, is that I don't, the big twist, I won't spoil it that explicitly, but the moment when every, all is revealed mm-hmm. that Sydney knows something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that, and that uh-huh. Samuel L. Jackson knows what Sydney knows, uh-huh. it's that, that's never really explained. Like, Sydney has done something very bad, and that is the big reveal in the movie. But you don't know why he's done that bad thing. You right. can guess, yeah. but I feel like I would have liked more of an explanation on why yeah. that 
why he did what he did. I I I don't mind a little mystery, and you're trying to put keep not the a, audience guessing. Yeah, not a literal mystery where you're trying to figure it out, but more of a yeah. unanswered questions type yeah type deal. You know. Yeah. Was the end of Inception a dream or not? <laughs> Only you can decide. Ugh, I loved Inception. Um, and uh, I just um, I don't know. It was great. I, I really. It's liked good. It. It's really uh, liked it. it is good. It is. It's a top. It's a top three for me for sure of PTA movies. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, okay, so we think it'll be the one-seated Boogie Nights versus the five-seated Phantom Thread in the <laughs> left half of the bracket Final Four matchup. Yeah, baby, and let's... Boogie Nights is going to win. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, then let's talk about Phantom Thread. Okay. Um, This, I remember seeing this in the theater mm-hmm. and walking out and saying, this is the pettiest movie I have oh. ever seen in my entire life. These two main characters are so petty. This was free fallen by Tom Petty. <laughs> I mean, this is next level life and death petty, y'all. Yeah. Life and death petty. Um and I said to Trent like while we were watching these movies, uh especially like when we did Boogie Nights, Magnolia, Punch Drug Punch Drunk Love, all three of those movies have such a, a quick pace to them. Yeah. I said to Trent, like, uh, Phantom Thread's going to be a little bit of a letdown because it's pretty boring. The pace it's of very his, slow. The pace of his movies have slowed over the years, for sure. There's a hard... Eight. A hard eight. There's After There Will Be Blood, there's a hard stylistic shift. Yeah. Um, And I'm not sure why. Yeah. But, I mean, we can talk about that. Well, but... you know what's interesting? I meant, I meant to say this when we were talking about Inherent Vice. Mm-hmm. Whether it is um, actual songs in the world, or the score of the mm-hmm. movie, or or a combination of the two, mm-hmm. PTA's movies are very musical. Yes, and Inherent Vice felt the least like a PTA movie because music felt the least important in that movie compared to the other seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I, also, I would say it, it doesn't really play heavily in the master either. Mm. And you can kind of, you can feel it. You can absolutely feel it. <clears throat> I think like Phantom Thread, the score is so, so, so beautiful. And it plays immediately. And it makes you feel like if you've, if you're like us and you've watched his first seven movies, it kind of feels like a return. You're like, Phantom Thread feels like a return to PTA um eh. in that in the music way and yeah. then i'm also gonna say uh in a humor humor kind of way mm. the master has like no humor um and here in vice has a lot of humor but the movie doesn't make sense yeah i feel yeah. like i feel like phantom thread has a lot of little he's really good at doing these scenes that are kind of like unintentionally funny mm-hmm. um and phantom thread's got a little bit of that here's the best part of Phantom Thread, obviously, is Daniel Day Lewis's performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the reason that I said we're gonna spoil it is vi- like the whole in the whole podcast is because I wanted to talk about the very final moments of Phantom Thread. Okay, because it is like it's like almost two and a half hours, and the first two hours are like yawn, snore. These two people are, you know, not right for each other or whatever. I hate them both. And then 
she feeds him poison and she's like, I want you to be sick. And he swallows it with a smile and is like, I love you. And then you like kind of see this montage of their life. And then the final line of the movie is him saying, I'm hungry. And it's like this weird, I don't know. It's just a psychological thriller in disguised as a boring period piece. Trent's just nodding. He's not. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a. Uh, I think it was more of a boring period piece that had <laughs> slight elements of psychological thriller sprinkled in, but not until like the last. I know the very end. I remember seeing it in the theater and going like, uh. <laughs> I just was like, oh my god. Daddy wants his candy. Crazy. From daddy's number one candy baby. I mean, crazy. Yeah, I mean, you know, Phantom Thread is objectively a good movie, but I... I it's definitely Oscar bait. Yes, certainly. Yeah. You know, basically three people in the whole movie. <laughs> it's him, his wife, his sister. <laughs> Those are the three characters. <laughs> um, but they're all great. You know, it's extremely well acted. <laughs> it, another PTA movie's look gorgeous beautiful beautiful movie both like um both like visually like the cinematography Mm -hmm. but also i feel like the costuming in all his movies are is is very good and you had and i said to trent before we watched it i said i think this won best score and it didn't it was nominated trent said it only won best costuming and here's the thing like the costuming is gorgeous but like of course a a movie about costumes is going to win best costuming Uh, please it seems unfair okay well we're taking boogie nights all the way to the finals so before we talk about it still pushing our boogie nights (laughs) talk we'll move to the right side of the bracket where the matchup in the upper half of the region okay is the two-seated there will be blood versus the seven-seated the master there will be blood came out in 2007 it was his uh, fifth, fifth movie. movie. It has a critic score on Rotten Tomatoes of 91, tying it for his second highest critic score. And it has an audience score of 86, where that is good for second best audience score. Average score, 88.5, pretty ding dang good. The Master was then his sixth film, came out in 2012. It has a critic score of 84, but it has the second lowest audience score, 62. Yeah. Giving it a 73 uh, Rotten Tomato average score and throwing it down to the seventh seed. But I could be wrong. I know for sure there will be blood. I think The Master was also, but these are two Oscar-nominated movies. I think so. Um, that sounds right to me. Uh, there will be blood, certainly. Yes. Um, yeah. Let's let's talk about the master because I think there will be blood will win. What do you think? I agree. Um, the master. Uh, I think people don't. First of all, Paul says that this is his favorite movie that he's made, uh, which yeah. I think is really interesting because yeah. it's um it's very different than like his first mm-hmm. five movies. Totally, totally. Um, <laughs> this is where the tonal shift. This is begins. where the shift starts. So. I think, you know, if you kind of like old school PTA, I don't think we have much hope to see him in the future if he's saying that his favorite film that he's made is The Master. I I just want to divert here for a second. The, one of the reasons I'm so excited for a licorice pizza is just based on the trailer alone, 
it feels looks like a return. It feels like a return to his first five. Oh, uh, let's see. In in vibes. What are you doing, Paul? We don't know what he knows. Um, the master. I understand. Here's my hypothesis for why it has such a low audience score, because it's Joaquin Phoenix is so gross Mm -hmm. in the master (laughs) and the story is so like reprehensible that it's just like not a story you can really feel good about yeah but the movie itself is good yeah it's just like gross uh that's my that's my guess joaquin was nominated for best actor Mm -hmm. philip seymour hoffman was nominated for best supporting actor and amy adams was Nominated for Best Supporting Actress. As they all I don't remember if any been. of them won, but... Um. I've never seen Capote. That's that's Phillip's only Oscar. Mm-hmm. I don't think any... Amy's never won an Oscar, and only Joaquin has won for The Joker. There you so go. nobody won for The Master. But this... I've never... Like I said, I've never seen Capote, but this, to me, is like Philip Seymour Hoffman's defining role. And again, you've never seen Along Came Polly, so... <laughs> Raindrops. I also love Philip Seymour Hoffman in Boogie Nights. I think yes, he's, he's so good phenomenal at Scotty, I think his name is. The scene with him and Mark Wahlberg in the car is great. So, so good. But this is like, um, and he's great in Punch Drunk, whatever. Great in Punch Listen, Drunk Love. Philip Seymour Hoffman, when he died, you know, it was a tough day for the acting world. Yeah. He's so, so wonderful. But I think he's he is worth seeing he's worth sitting through the master um i think his performance is really profound yeah it's about scientology yeah well that's never outright stated is it but no yeah okay but he he plays l ron hubbard um essentially yeah he plays a guy based on l ron hubbard yes pushing a religion based on scientology right called the cause um, but Joaquin Phoenix is like the whole thing about the cause is that like humans are asleep and we're all in this animalistic coma until mm-hmm. we realize the cause and come awake to like who what human beings can really be. Yeah. That's like the whole thing. And so Joaquin Phoenix is an animal, like quote unquote. And like he is truly his character, Freddie Quell, is absolutely disgusting like it literally the most i think literally the most disgusting character i've ever seen on screen he is until you until you see joaquin phoenix in the joker i don't know he's really good in that movie yeah but he's equally as gross i feel like i don't know physically he freddie quell drinks paint thinner daily it's He's so not, and he's yelling all the time, and I don't know. It's, mm, I don't like it. He says he has sex with his aunt. I mean, he's just like the grossest human being on the planet. Mm. Um, but my favorite scene in the master is, I'm one to talk because my favorite scene in the master is when Amy Adams, uh, gives <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman a hand job. So. <laughs> <laughs> Give those guys an Oscar. What's going on? <laughs> uh, okay, well. Good, it's fine. Goodbye to the master. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about There Will Be Blood here after we get through who it's going to face in the final four. This was one of the toughest matchups to me. This is such a pre- weird matchup. I think this one will, whoever wins will lose to There Will Be Blood. I agree. Um, But 
this is this is hard. Uh, we have the the three seated Magnolia and the six seated Punch Drunk Love. Magnolia came out in 1999. It was PTA's third movie. Magnolia has an 83 critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 89 audience score. 89 ties it with Boogie Nights for the highest audience score, mm. um, giving it an average of 86, putting it in the three seed. Punch Drunk Love came out in 2002, PTA's fourth movie. It has a critic score of 79, the second lowest critic score, and an audience score of 77, which is fourth lowest, giving it an average, of course, of 78. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know who's going to... Like I said, There Will Be Blood will beat whoever wins this matchup, but I don't really know who's going to win this matchup. This matchup is so interesting because I feel like of the eight movies, these two have the most whimsy mm-hmm. and the most kind of fantastical qualities about them. The, these two feel the the most similar to me Yeah, of all the movies. They they are both unrealistic in the same way. Like in Magnolia, it rains frogs, and in Punch Drunk Love, this Barry Egan buys a thousand cups of pudding. Like it's just like these. I don't know. They're both like exaggerated. <laughs> Those are pretty. I could see a guy buying a thousand cups of pudding. But like they're both they both or or like he drives to Utah and back in like an undetermined amount of time. Like yeah. they both exaggerate reality in the same way. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm not saying that these things are bad. That just stylistically that makes them similar in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I would personally take Magnolia over Punch Drunk Love, but uh. I think you would do the opposite. Yeah, I love both of these. I think Magnolia for me is like I would put it fourth. Mm. Um, and Punch Drunk Love is fighting for the top spot. Yeah. So I I I would I would vote for Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love also along with Uncut Gems, the freaking <laughs> Adam Sandler Hall of Fame. This guy deserves an Oscar. Yeah. Actual like good acting performance, you know. Yeah. He's I think great. like I don't know like Barry like Barry's sisters all call and treat him the same way. It's just like is so stylized. Mm-hmm. Um, Barry makes me very nervous, and the whole movie is about him. Whereas I feel like Magnolia, my anxieties are a little bit more spread out because it is such an ensemble piece. Yeah, I think that Magnolia will win because of that. And because of Tommy, what Tom Cruise. Oh my god! I literally forgot about the Tom Cruise storyline. Big Tom Cruise juicing up the votes. Um, I think of that Scientology. <laughs> Magnolia is like you watch Magnolia, and when it starts to rain frogs, I was like, "This is." And there's multiple references to this line in Exodus throughout the movie, but I was like, "This is so biblical. This entire movie is a metaphor, and it's not being shy about the fact that it's a metaphor." Mm-hmm. And so I think that it has had. Like, I don't know. It's it's more meaningful or something, or like it's trying to say something bigger. Whereas like Barry is just a nervous man who finds happiness. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great for Barry. And also another absolutely stunning performance by Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Um, incredible in Punch Drunk Love. In Punch Drunk Love. But I'm taking Magnolia. And I'll I'll I will say I think Magnolia will win as well. But Punch Drunk Love has my heart. 
Um, and then we think There Will Be Blood will beat Magnolia. Yes. Um, well, we can talk about Boogie Nights and There Will Be Blood now, right? Yes. That's what we got for our final matchup? Yes. These two movies are both great. They're both great. They're so good. Um, I'm, I'm very surprised that There Will Be Blood isn't first. And Boogie Nights isn't second. Mm. Well, that's not how it shook out. Yeah. There Will Be Blood is my favorite. Yes. Nia, coming into this, Boogie Nights was her favorite. But she had never seen There Will Be Blood. So what had you seen? You had seen Boogie Nights, The Master. And Phantom Thread. And Phantom Thread. Mm -hmm. Um, But There Will Be Blood now occupies your top spot. Oh, my God. Which one should we talk about first? Let's do There Will Be Blood. Okay. Oh, my. Oh, my God. God, um, <laughs> listen, Daniel Day-Lewis, first of all, yum, second of all, <laughs> second of all, his, I mean, just the second he opens his mouth and you hear him speak, you're like, this guy is up to something. It's just, yeah. you know what also I think is a great choice? Hmm. He, it's just him for like the first five or ten minutes of the movie, mm-hmm. and it's just him working. Right, he, he doesn't, doesn't speak. say anything for until five or ten minutes in. So you get this impression, and you're supposed to because it's the truth that he's like a hard blue collar working man. Yeah, and by the end of the movie, he becomes this horrid, like cor- corrupted by capitalistic greed. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, uh, what a journey through the American Industrial Revolution. Yeah, but um. He this movie would be nothing without Daniel Day Lewis. Incredible. Obviously, Day-Lewis. okay, he is so so good as Daniel Plainview. But also, I didn't know until we were watching it that Paul Dano was in the movie. And Nia loves <laughs> Paul Dano. Paul Dano, first of all, yum. Uh, second of all, Paul Dan- Paul Dano. I mean, both are just such good committed actors. Yes, incredible. And so anytime, like. But I would say for the first hour, I was sitting there saying to Trent, I don't know who's the villain. Yeah. Eli, not Paul, because Paul Dano plays two different people. But Eli Sunday is the main guy that he plays. Mm-hmm. And then Daniel Plainview is Daniel Day-Lewis. And I I was like, I don't know which one is the villain. And I, I still, they're both bad. Yeah, I think, I don't think there was a villain or a hero. I think they were two bad guys Two, uh, two, um, Self, self-involved yes. guys. Mm-hmm. Two, uh, two people who put them mm-hmm. put the their individual selves above mm-hmm. everybody else's needs, and both of them disguised their selfish desires mm-hmm. uh, with like uh, positives for the group, basically. Yes, Eli, um, a preacher. Yes, and Daniel, Daniel being like, "I will make this town prosperous. Yeah. Like this well is for all of us." Yeah, but like. There were so many, I feel like there are so many moments in Daniel's life that we see uh-huh. that are turning points. Yes. Like when the, when the well springs off uh-huh. and you watch the well being destroyed, uh-huh. I was sitting there like, oh my God, this is terrible. Yeah. And Daniel says, there's an ocean of oil underneath. We are going to be like fucking rich. Yeah. And I was like, okay. That's not what I was thinking. Yeah. And then, of course, when H.W. loses his hearing and he just immediately... Of course, he's not his son. And you see that in the beginning beginning of the movie. But, like, he just lets him go. <sighs> Listen. 
when when Eli makes Daniel repent for abandoning HW, and then in the in the very final scene of the movie, when Daniel gets back at him like mm-hmm. thirty years later. Mm-hmm. I mean, I w- my jaw was open the whole time. This movie is Phantom Thread is petty. I mean, come on. Ugh! The the drama? I don't know. It's so good. It's so, so good. An incredible final scene. I mean, the whole movie's great, but the final scene, the final showdown, essentially, between Daniel Day-Lewis's Daniel Plainview and Mm -hmm. Paul Dano's Eli Sunday's. (sighs) That's why we love the movies, baby. (laughs) It was so good. Now... Your new love, There Will Be Blood, versus your <sighs> first love, flame. Boogie Nights. What's I going know. on? I know. Uh, Boogie Nights is the perfect ensemble movie. And, yeah. Oh, yes. yes. And there's no better soundtrack to any movie than there is to Boogie Nights. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the music is so important to all of his movies. Like, I would say, like, especially There Will Be Blood, there's a lot of tense music, and mm-hmm. that helps you understand Daniel a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But Boogie Nights... I think I said to you when we watched it, because it's his second movie, and you can see in Hard Eight that he doesn't have a lot of, that it's an independent movie, mm-hmm. songs are so expensive. Yeah. And so Paul gets this major motion picture deal for Boogie Nights, and he's like, let's buy every disco song we can yeah. and put it in the movie. <laughs> but it's it's an incredible um journey and you can tell that he's it's a story he's been thinking about for 10 years like yeah this is a movie he's known since birth mm-hmm. um my favorite moment is the toll when the bell tolls scenes several things happen um yes. uh, well i think like the uh the the reason i like magnolia and punch Duck love so much and even there will be blood i think had this kind of same sense throughout all all three of those movies throughout the whole film Mm -hmm. i kind of had these feelings but specifically in that sequence especially mark Wahlberg in the car and don Cheadle in the in the donut shop shop, and roller girl in the back of the limo yeah just like the pit of my stomach is just like oh what's gonna and like that was how i felt during those three movies I just mentioned, the whole time. Yeah. Which is why I think I liked them, because I was kind of on the edge of my seat the whole time. Mm-hmm. But Boogie Nights, I mean, it crescendoed. That moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the best moment in the movie. But it's like, I don't know. It's also, like, it's this was like Mark Wahlberg's first role. And now he's, of course, a movie star. Mm-hmm. Um, he's great in it. Yeah, he is. Julianne Moore. I mean, but like Julianne even, Moore was nominated for this. Even like that's the main cast. Like the supporting cast. Like William H Macy in this movie yeah. <laughs> is so good, and Philip Seymour Hoffman is so, so good. good. Um, Luis Guzman. Yes, yes, the Rodriguez brothers. Yeah. Um, just Heather. I mean, everybody is p- so good mm-hmm. and burt reynolds yeah i mean he's great it's just it's really funny and also very dramatic yeah. i mean alfred that scene with alfred molina oh that scene's incredible it just it's such a journey the whole thing is such a journey 
Um, which is also kind of what There Will Be Blood is like. It covers a large span of time yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's really fun. It's definitely his most fun movie, I think. It's definitely a, a big old ball of fun. Yeah. <laughs> so that's all the movies. Here we are. Who do you think the people will choose between Boogie Nights and There Will Be Blood? <sighs> you know me. I like to just rip off the Band-Aid, but I will say first, if I think if you've seen both of these movies, it's a tough decision. Mm-hmm. I think There Will Be Blood will win. Mm-hmm. You know, for as similar as these movies are, they are both very different movies. Yeah, extremely different. Like, you know, Boogie Nights is a truly uh, ensemble film. And yeah. There Will Be Blood is like a two-man weave. And There Will Be Blood is about the ascension of Daniel Plainview. And Boogie Nights is about the crash and burn. Of the whole crew, basically. Of, of the whole crew, but also, you know, Mark mainly Dirk, Dirk Diggler. Dirk Diggler. Yeah. Eddie, whatever his name is. Yeah. So you think the people will select There Will Be Blood? I think so, because I think it has more Oscar yeah. Clout. I think people know that it was a good movie, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote. Mm. I think people have heard of There Will Be Blood. Mm-hmm. Not that they haven't heard of Boogie Nights. Of but, course, yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? I do know what it's you're just saying. Has a, it's better known. I do know what you're saying, and that was going to be my reasoning for also picking There Will Be Blood. But I like to, I like to spice it up. I take think, Boogie Nights. Take They're Boogie both Nights. good. You really can't go wrong. If if we have predicted the finals correctly, whichever movie wins will deserve the win. Correct, I agree. And honestly, I would say I would be fine with any of these seven movies winning. Except for Inherent Vice. No, I said any of the seven. Yeah. Yeah, so Inherent Vice, the eighth, you know. Yeah, guys, don't pick Inherent Vice. Here. Paul, what ha- Paul, if you're listening, what happened? Why doesn't it make sense, you know, would be my question. Maybe, I mean, honestly, maybe I'm too dumb to follow everything that's happening because it's like there's a lot of discussion about, like, um, like property and building real estate and, like, I don't know. And also Joaquin Phoenix is, like, high the whole time. Mm-hmm. And he, it's not really an unreliable narrator situation, especially since he isn't even the narrator. There is also literally a narrator. Who looks just like another yeah, who girl. who looks like movie. Shasta. So, yeah, there's just a lot of confusing elements to it. Anyways, uh, that's the that's the PTA reveal. That's it. Ugh, so good. If you haven't seen some of these, man, go watch them. Yeah, some, uh, The Master and There Will Be Blood are available on Netflix. Um, I know that off the top. Punch Drunk Love was on maybe HBO Max or something. Yeah. A couple of these we did have to, to Phantom Thread and, um. Inherent Vice. Inherent Vice we paid for. At the time we watched Boogie Nights, it was on Netflix. Magnolia was also on Netflix recently. Yes. And um, Part 8, I think, was on Amazon Prime. But I don't know if it's still up there for free or what the deal is. You Anyways, can find them. Yeah, you can find them. Uh, okay, so if you would like to vote, and we would love it if you did, uh, here is the information. The quarterfinal round will take place on Monday, November 15th. The semifinal round will take place on Tuesday, November 16th. And then we are going to leave two days, maybe a day and a half, we'll see, 
but we're going to leave, in general, two days for the finals voting. That will be Wednesday, November 17th, and Thursday, November 18th, with the winner being revealed on a brand new episode of the podcast on Friday, November 19th. If you would like to vote, please go to the tournament podcast or uh, the tridentnetwork.com slash the-tourney-pod. You can click on the Vote Now button. That'll take you to the Vote Center where it shows you where to vote every day that week. Uh, Or in the notes for this episode itself, there is a link to vote. Tap that. That'll take you there. Or you can follow us across any of our social media at The Tourney Pod. We post the link to vote there every day on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, I think that's it. Friday, we'll talk about the winner. Mm -hmm. Um, If you've seen these movies, great. That's great. We love them. Um, If you haven't seen these movies, go out, check them all out. I think ranging, you know, ranging values or whatever, but outside of Inherent Vice, I do think every single one of these is worth your time. Mm -hmm. Agreed? Yeah, I agree. Um, Okay. I think that's it. Mm -hmm. Any final thoughts on PTA? I'm excited for Licorice Pizza. Yes. And, um, and... I was looking up pictures of him and all of the headlines for every picture that's attached to him is like, who is Maya, Maya Rudolph's husband, partner, Paul Thomas Anderson? And I'm like, they're both equally good and, yeah. and entertaining and talented. They're both incredible. Um, okay. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on this journey called Tourney. Go check out some PTA films. We think it'll be worth your time. And remember... Thanks for listening to the Tournament Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and follow the podcast wherever you listen. A five-star rating or a positive review is helpful and appreciated, too. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at TheTourneyPod. You can email us at thetournamentpodcast at gmail.com, or you can visit our webpage at thetridentnetwork.com slash the-tourney-pod. The Tournament Podcast is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about the Trident Network's videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. You can also support the podcast by donating to the Trident Network's Patreon at patreon.com slash thetridentnetwork. The Tournament Podcast is edited by Nia D'Amelio. The theme music was also composed by Nia D'Amelio. Tune in Friday to find out what won our best Paul Thomas Anderson movie tournament. <laughs>